Live from the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island, it's Cofield and Company. It's an Adams Family Friday on Cofield and Company. Steve out for the day. Adam Candy joined by Adam Hill. It's a VGK watch party down at the Golden Circle at T.I. You can go see Adam down there right now. VGK on the ice much later this evening as they will take on the Anaheim Ducks down in Orange County. Uh, we got plenty going on today as usual. We're going to talk about the, our past of the draft with Michael Stetz from Detroit as we get into the Lions. What's going on with the Raiders? What is happening with not just the Raiders? But guys skipping workouts all across the NFL. Is the virtual offseason here to stay? Paul Gutierrez from ESPN is going to join us to talk about the Raiders and their situation with that. Of course, our man Adam Hill is plugged in uh, as well. You know, Adam, uh, we're going to have some real talk about that. Real talk, because that's what Cofield and Company is known for. Real talk. Do you think the people are ready for a Friday full of real talk? Uh, they ain't ready. Uh, no, they ain't if, ready. I don't know if I'm ready. I'm never really ready to be real. I'm just kind of a doofus. Uh, but 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 being a doofus is real for you, right? Like that's true. That that is not an act. That that is one hundred percent natural, organic doofus. I guess in that regard, yes, real as in reality, not real as in I think the way that people actually use real. Mm. Um, yeah. Not, not like Chappelle's show when keeping it real goes wrong. Uh, yeah, well, it often goes wrong when I'm a doofus <laughs> and weird and awkward and, and silly, uh, for sure. Now, are you on board just to, to start things off, if we're getting really real? Uh, we yesterday banned high fives forever. Mm-hmm. Are you down with that? I mean, this decision was made by the powers that be, uh, you and, and Steve Cofield. I, I have... I have no strong opinions, so I'm going to go right along with it. I'm good. Has there ever been an appropriate time for one? Uh, the only person who I like high fives from, and not that I've ever received one, is Mark Stone. Just because I feel yeah. like Mark Stone high fives convey more than his words ever could. I mean, that's fair. I, I will I will also I'll make an exception for like on the field of play. I just don't okay. know that... Like Cofield and I and you and JVT, yeah. and our crew are, is ever going to be on like the field of play. No, oh God, no, 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 no one wants to see that. Yeah. No, no one wants to see that. No one wants to see us high fiving. I'm good. I'm good. Um, but when we when we get into the idea of real talk beyond <laughs> high fives, because that was uh, that was very real. It was real. There, there, there is uh, one person in this world of sports and especially sports and the crossover into culture who is real at all times there are times that we have liked it and there are times that we have not but it's never really changed because he doesn't care and that's Marshawn Lynch Marshawn Lynch has been someone who um, I mean whether he was here just so he doesn't get fined or whether he was running out there to pull his cousin out of a fight in a Raiders Chiefs game didn't matter (laughs) didn't matter Marshawn's going to be Marshawn. Marshawn is going to do Marshawn. Um, I don't know if everyone has had the opportunity to see this yet, but the realest of real today came out on Marshawn's Twitter about a couple of hours ago. Marshawn Lynch and Dr. Anthony Fauci. Wait, Adam, have, Adam, have you seen any of this yet? 
So I'm, I'll, I'll be. I'm going to keep it real. Okay, Adam. Um, I started to watch. Okay. And immediately shut it down. Because I was like five seconds in, and I was like, I, I want to hear this on the air. We're going to do this. Yep. I want to hear this on the air. I already love this. Uh, I've read some of the transcripts, so I kind of know uh, a lot of the direction it was going. By the way, the parts I've read, good job by Marshawn. Listen, as so we are going to go through this half-hour discussion <laughs> between Marshawn Lynch and Dr. Anthony Fauci throughout the show today because it's a half-hour Adam and I actually discussed prior to the show, maybe we should just let it run and go get some nachos, like, because this is so good. And it, I'm not talking about it in the usual way that sometimes we have these discussions. Oh, Marshawn's a little bit funny. No, this is real talk. This is real talk from Dr. Fauci about the need for people to get the vaccine to stop the spread of COVID-19. And it is equally real talk coming back from Marshawn about why African-American and Hispanic people are hesitant why they feel like they have generations of evidence to suggest they should be hesitant. Uh, but, of course, Ari, it starts out right from the top exactly the way you would expect between Marshawn Lynch and Dr. Fauci. What's happening, man? You got Marshawn Lynch here, man. Uh, better known as uh, the boy, boy, the kid, beast mode, man. Uh, it's a pleasure to, to, to meet the uh, the the. The Dr. Fauci himself, you understand me? What's happening, big dog? Uh, the thank boy. you. It's good to be with you, Marshawn. Mm -hmm. No problem. Did you understand anything I just said? <laughs> yeah, I got it. I'm good at that. <laughs> <laughs> it's 20 seconds in. We're good to go. The boy boy. The boy boy and Dr. Fauci. Um, the who? The boy boy. No, who's Dr. what? Oh, I'm sorry. Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci. Yes. If anybody ever refers to him as Dr. Fauci again, I'm not going to accept that. I apologize. I actually, I totally missed that the first time through. I apologize. Dr. Fauci. And let's kind of set it up for you. Like, this, this next clip we're going to play hold on, for Marshawn. I love that he, I love that he just goes on this intro and then he's like, did you even understand anything I just said? Like, he's aware that he's just spouting nonsense, which is perfect. It's so and, perfect. And he's, and he's like, he's like, listen, Fauci, Fauci, you might not understand a word I'm saying, but we're in for this, right? We're doing this. But I also, like, I mean, listen, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to read way too into this <laughs> and every single word that he says. When he said, like, I'm good at that. Like, figuring out nonsense? Like, I read into that as, do you know who I work for the last four years? <laughs> that is not an unreasonable inference, given what we saw with Dr. Fauci rubbing his head at press conferences and <laughs> so on like that. All right, Ari, fire up the next one. When it comes to, like, I'll say, like, uh, vaccinations or, you know, government, um, I, I don't want to say experiments, uh, but when it comes to like, you know, the government giving back to communities of people that look like me, we don't seem to be on the well-received end of. Of something. I don't know exactly what they're on the poorly received end of. Now, Marshawn was basically getting at the idea that uh, these things don't tend to work out well for black people. <laughs> Historically. Uh, it's, you know, there's been a lot of 
used for experimentation and and things along those lines. And the 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 distrust is warranted. And so Marshawn and Dr. Fauci get deep into this. That's just a little tease of what's coming up. Fauci, Fauci, Dr. Fauci. They get deep into this. It is absolutely worth at some point you taking the half hour and listening to the whole thing straight through. And I truly mean shut up and listen. Don't even talk about it in your own head. Just listen because I guarantee you're going to learn plenty not only about uh, where we are with the vaccine, which Fauci brings to the table, but Marshawn gets really, really down into the nitty-gritty as to what he's there to do, how he thinks he can help, and the fact that he's not there to push the agenda on anyone. He's just try- there to try to get some education out there. And uh, he even talks about, Adam, he even references the sort of not mandatory, mandatory workouts that he used to deal with in the NFL, mm. right? And I used to talk about the OTAs, the times that, well, you didn't have to be there, but you really had to be there or else you would be hit in, and I quote, them pockets. Uh, as Marshawn Lynch said, um, doesn't seem to be a concern for guys across the NFL as we've now seen multiple teams, including the Raiders, say that they are opting out of OTAs uh, coming up here over the next month or so. Uh, what's the latest and uh, what, what do we know about the Raiders situation? Yeah, the Raiders made their statement yesterday that they will not participate in any uh, on-field uh, activities. They'll do everything virtually and uh, this is a this is a union deal, right? So I'm interested in finding out if a team does not go along these lines. If a team does not vote this way, what happens then? Because I do think that will start to test some of the other teams, even teams like the Raiders who have already made this vote and already made this decision. If you see, if it's one team, it might be different. But if you start to see three, four, five teams that don't go this way, that do say they're going to show up and participate, then I think some of these teams may revisit things. Uh, but for right now, it was a kind of a union decision. They couldn't make it for everybody because, as you said, some people are in very unique contract situations where they get roster bonuses for showing up and things along those lines. So uh, it, it wasn't going to be a uniform decision by the union to say nobody's going, but they're strongly encouraging teams not to. And now we're seeing teams kind of fall in line and and back the union uh, by not by not participating. But what happens? I think that's when the story changes. What happens when a team or a couple teams uh, say that they are going? And th- that, will, that will, I think, really start to form the narrative. So today we find out that the Pittsburgh Steelers have joined that group. The Seahawks, the Broncos, the Buccaneers, the Lions, the Patriots, the Bears, the Giants, the Browns joining the Raiders as teams saying that they will opt out of the in-person workouts. That makes a third of the league, or just about. And we will talk to Paul Gutierrez, Raiders ESPN reporter, coming up at 345. More about that. Of course, Adam's down at the Golden Circle at the TI for VGK visiting Anaheim tonight. Robin Leonard gets the start for the Golden Knights. Uh, VGK looked pretty strong over the last two games against the LA Kings. Anaheim, of course, at the bottom of of the division. Uh, Adam, does it seem like we're back into the goalie rotation here with Leonard and Fleury? It seems like it to me. It feels that way. Uh, Unless there is something that comes up on the schedule, unless um, maybe one goalie starts to really, really struggle. I know we saw Fleury start to struggle a little, then he got back on track, and 
Uh, even though he couldn't win games, he was playing well. They were just losing 2-1 every game uh, when he was in there. So uh, there was a run where Leonard had won all six starts and Fleury hadn't won one. But uh, now, really, they're at a spot where they're both playing at a high level. They're both winning games. Uh, no reason to really change things. I think this was the plan before the season. It got disrupted by Robin Leonard being out a while and by Marc-Andre Fleury playing out of his mind early in the season. Uh, but, you know, he, he settled in a little bit, and Leonard is in a zone, and it's working. So I, I don't really think there's a reason to change things right now. Well, the Vegas Golden Knights have an opportunity right now to put a little bit of pressure on the Colorado Avalanche because we found out earlier today Avalanche are going to have to sit out their next three games under COVID-19 protocols. They have three players who are in the protocol, and we know that the Avalanche and the Knights in a hand fight at the top of the division, and this is going to give the Knights an opportunity to perhaps uh, put some pressure on the Avalanche when they get back on the ice. VGK visiting Anaheim this evening. All right, we told you a little bit about Marshawn Lynch and the Fauci earlier on today. It's not the only Marshawn news of the day. <laughs> Marshawn is doing soccer. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Hang in at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield and Company. Adams Family Edition. Hill. Candy. No Cofield. Who needs him? It's Friday. Can't have fun without him. Down at the Golden Circle to T.I., for VGK Watch Party. Uh, it's not just us on the show today. It's the Fauci, Dr. Anthony Fauci. It's Marshawn Lynch. You heard from Marshawn and Fauci earlier today talking about vaccines, especially in the African-American community. Marshawn, of course, big not only in discussing uh, this issue with the community of African-Americans that he is part of, but the community of Oakland that he is, in his own words, ten toes down in the town. Uh, Marshawn Lynch is not just talking about it. He is being about it as he has joined the ownership group of the USL's Oakland Roots. The USL, of course, the same league the Las Vegas Lights play in. Marshawn Lynch taking an ownership stake in that team. Talked to the Athletic about it, said, I just know the pride in Oakland. We always stand behind something. Now that our pride and joy is gone behind the Raiders and the Warriors, it's like anything that we can do to keep something positive, keep people rallying behind something positive in Oakland is more so the reason for doing it. So, Adam, before you tell me what you think about that move by Marshawn, he is not the only former athlete taking an ownership stake. Dwayne Wade has purchased at least 1%, we don't know exactly how much, of the Utah Jazz. Uh, He said that... This goes way beyond the dream I had just to play basketball in the NBA. I've seen Shaq do it in Sacramento, Grant Hill in Atlanta, Jordan in Charlotte. said, unfortunately, people in my community don't get this opportunity, and I do not take it lightly to have this opportunity to make real change. This is where you have to be at the top, and Ryan knows that. Um, Which of these would you say ultimately surprises you more? Because we don't really associate Marshawn, of course, with soccer. Uh, we don't really associate Dwayne Wade with the Jazz or Salt Lake City. Yeah, that's. I think that's the more surprising one, just because not that he would buy ownership stake in an NBA team, but that it would be in Utah. Uh, that's that's a little bit bizarre. Like Marshawn, nothing that Marshawn would do in the business world would surprise me. 
like he's he's all about you know investing and diversifying his portfolio. Uh, all, all like all sorts of businesses I think are open uh, to, for Marshawn Lynch. I wouldn't be surprised by anything he does. Uh, but Dwayne Wade buying ownership stake in a team in Salt Lake City is pretty interesting to me. I think that's the more kind of off the radar one. Yeah, I was surprised as well. Uh, you mentioned Marshawn, the businesses, Beast Mode Apparel, Beast Mode Marketing. He's got a restaurant in Oakland. Like, that doesn't go too far away from what you might expect. But Dwayne Wade apparently met Ryan Smith, the primary owner, playing golf uh, in California back in 2019 and brought up the idea of Wade joining the ownership group. Here he is uh, coming into what is a small ownership group. But I thought the quote that Dwayne Wade gave was very interesting, talking about how I know that I bring a lot to this partnership outside of just my basketball knowledge and skills. So when he talks about change, real change, what do you think he's talking about? Well, I mean, I would imagine there, there are some social uh, ramifications to what he wants to do and what he wants to bring. And I think, you know, maybe there's no coincidence that it's Salt Lake City in that regard. Uh that you know, it's not a, it's not a very diverse community. I mean, it's it's I'll say this, more diverse than people think, but it's not, you know, a particularly diverse place. Um, maybe that's part of what he wants to do. I I would imagine also have some sort of, uh, you know, say in league matters and and what goes on around the league, not just with the team that he bought into. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out and just how active of a role he's allowed to play. Because I get the yeah. feeling Dwayne Wade would be more than happy to be right out front. Um, you know, we know the story of Dwayne Wade has changed quite a bit over the years, right? Uh, you know, he, he's dealt with adversity personally. He has dealt with, you know, dealing with having a transgender child. He has a lot of experience, as you talk about, dealing with weighty and important social issues, and we know how out front it is with the NBA right now. Um, interesting that Heat owner Mickey Arison said that he was disappointed that Wade didn't reconsider taking a stake in the Miami Heat after previous negotiations. He ultimately wished him good luck. Um, I think it's kind of weird for an owner to say something like that publicly. It kind of it almost sounds like sour grapes. Yeah, I would I would think so. Uh I don't know why that wouldn't have worked out or why, you know, he thought that maybe there was a potential that they could work together that Dwayne Wade could buy in there could maybe have the same type of role in Miami uh that he is going to have we believe in in Utah. I, I think uh sour grapes is is probably one way to look at it. Uh probably it, it probably is some sort of a statement on him as an owner and his organization. That Dwayne Wade, who's so closely tied with not only the city but also the team, uh, would make a move like that, and it's it's possible that it's nothing. It's possible that, as you pointed out, there was a meeting on a golf course. The the you know the connections were made, and there was just a very strong bond right away. And hey, this will work out very well. Like that's possible, but uh, it does seem like a bit of a slap in the face to Miami if there already was some negotiations, already some talk going on there, and that he would choose Utah over Miami. Yeah, I, I found it interesting um, because Dwayne Wade made it really clear that he wants to be part of not just the Jazz franchise. He talked about it. he wants to be part of the Salt Lake uh, community. He said that he and his wife, Gabrielle Union, were with uh, Ryan and his family, said that they were skiing over 
Valentine's Day in Park City. Dwayne Wade said, quote, I fell on my ass a lot of times. Ryan is showing us every inch of Utah. Um, let me give you an off-the-wall question here because we've talked about Dwayne Wade and Marshawn Lynch ownership in the Utah Jazz for Wade in a USL team for Marshawn Lynch. Million dollars on the line. You have to be able to beat Dwayne Wade one-on-one in basketball or you have to be able to tackle Marshawn Lynch. And let's say I give you like five tries in the open field to tackle Marshawn Lynch. What do you have more confidence in yourself to be able to do? Is it it's just one-on-one tackling? I'm saying it's open field like you're a cornerback out in space and you've got to be able to bring him down. We won't give him the entire width of the field. We'll basically say like from the hash to the sideline. All right, first of all, I'm a lockdown corner. Whoa. Uh, uh, it's it's Adam Island. Uh, you're not you're not <laughs> catching a pass. Uh, I'm definitely shying away from the contact. I'm more I'm like I'm Dion. Like I'm going to lock you down. I'll, I'll I'll have some swag. I'll showboat a little bit. Uh, I'm not going to come up and in, in, into run support very often. Okay. Uh, but so, if it's for a million dollars, of course, you know I'll, I'll have to do what I have to do uh, and try to make the tackle. Just go low, try to get the get the knee, take Marshawn out. I'm not going to try to tackle him high. I'll just get run over. Uh, that's a tough one, though. I mean, my choice here, if I have to be successful in order to get the – I mean, listen, I'm not going to do either. I'm not going to be successful at either one. Oh, what a cop-out. Uh but I'm I'm choosing the basketball, like for sure. Right, because you think you could like stand back and just rain threes yeah. and hope to get lucky one day, as opposed to there is no chance that you're going to get lucky that that Marshawn's going to like run over you and no. trip. Like that's the, I saw him throw out the first pitch at an A's game, and I've always appreciated watching him, you know, as a football player and and seeing just what an enormous human being he is. But that's alongside other NFL players. And then I saw him throw out the first pitch at a baseball game next to a bunch of baseball players, and I was like, the whole nine could try to tackle him out here, and I'm not sure they'd bring him down. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, like, the only chance, if you're playing Wade, I guess, it is if it's make it, take it, you get it first, and you hit it, like, 11 straight shots. Like, that's a possibility. I'm not yeah. saying it's – I'm not – like I'm not being like, oh, I could, I could beat him. Like, no, I mean, it's it's going to be incredibly difficult. But there's like that that chance that you could just get hot, make a bunch of shots, and win. Like Marshawn, you would just have to hope he almost falls down, which I don't think will happen. Uh, I just I don't see that that chance happening. Yeah, and and if I if see it if you're playing Wade one on one, like uh, I'm saying, you could get hot and make the eleven. It, once he gets the ball, it's over. Yeah, that's the thing. If it's make it, take it, and Dwayne gets the ball, you're you're absolutely, completely done. All right, we're going to have to ask our next guest about this. Michael Stett's going to join us from Detroit, talk a little bit more about the Lions on the path to the draft. Detroit made some big moves in this offseason. They brought in Adam's favorite quarterback in the NFL, Jared Goff. Finley Toyota in the Valley Auto Mall has the largest Toyota service facility in Nevada. It's time for Cofield and Company's Path to the Draft, presented by Weed Sellers, weedsellers.com. That's weed, C-E-L-L-A-R-S.com. Path to the Draft takes it up to the D, where we talk to 
Michael Stetz, WJR Radio, The Stetz Show, about the Detroit Lions and what we can expect in the upcoming NFL draft out of a franchise that had a whole lot of changes uh, in this offseason. Michael, thank you for joining us. I have to get to what I think is the most important draft evaluation question for Dan Campbell and the Lions. Um, Have they incorporated the ability to bite knees and legs, as Dan Campbell talked about in his (laughs) opening press conference? Has this become a big part of their draft evaluation? It's so funny how much national news that made from what Dan Campbell was saying. I mean, he was just trying to get the fan base fired up for the new regime and everything. You know, I I think it's a breath of fresh air coming from the Matthew uh, Patricia era where, like, you know, fun almost wasn't allowed, so to speak. So it's been a breath of fresh air to see Campbell. No no bitten knees or kneecaps that I know of, uh, of just yet, though. Well, how has how has the off season gone? Other than that news conference, uh, how's it been going for Detroit so far? It, I mean, so much has happened in the last couple of months. I mean, Matthew Stafford gets traded for Jared Goff. That kind of rocked the city. Uh, there had been so much talk the past couple of years about whether Matthew Stafford would stay in Detroit, and uh, he gets dealt for Goff. So. It, there was a lot of nostalgia. There was a lot of uh, sadness from diehard fans, and there was a lot of fans excited for the future. You know, this, this is a team, guys, that hasn't won a playoff game since 1991 season. So they're starved. They just want a winner, and they want it any way they can get it. But a lot of them were, uh, were sad to, to see number nine go. Well, Raiders fans, did you hear that? Hopefully you feel a little bit better about how long it's been since you were in the playoff game and won one uh, when you and, hear about what's going on and, with the Detroit Lions. And by the way, the, the no quarterback now, between no first-round quarterback between 2009 and 2016 is still with the team that drafted them. How crazy is that? It's, it's absolutely remarkable when you see the fact that we're talking about at least five and maybe six quarterbacks being drafted in the first round this year i mean it's truly truly something uh you know last year michael i mean you you could pick anything you want to work on for this lions team but i'll start with the defense because ranked uh 32nd last in the league by by pro football focus uh where would you start on the defensive side of the ball in terms of trying to work on the lions oh i don't know where to begin i mean (laughs) last year was so so dreadful to watch that team at times, just the, the secondary back end and the linebackers, I mean, look, they looked like a flag football defense at times. No joke. It's not even being facetious. I mean, that, the Tampa Bay game, they just lied down. I think they let up like 47 on that Saturday game late in the season. The linebacking core was so bad, so bad. They need speed. They, they need athleticism. Um, you know, the line is not, is not bad. They have players there. You know, you have Romeo Aquara. They, they just dealt for Michael Brockers uh, from the Rams that'll come in there. Could fill in nicely. You still got Trey Flowers there. So, you know, it, it's not so much the line. I mean, sure, you could always use more more pass rushers, more edge talent. But really the linebackers in the back end. I mean, they need, you know, they had Jeff Okuda. They drafted third last year. So, yeah, him, he's kind of, you know, the jury's still out on him. He didn't play well, but he got thrown, you know, to the Lions uh Going against guys like Devontae Adams, you know, your first year in the league, you're, you're going to get beat up a little bit. So I, I think he still has a chance to become a good pro. 
Um, but they, they really need secondary help, guys, and they need linebacking help. Now, they did add um, Anzalone from the Saints so he can help out the linebacking core, and they do have Jamie Collins. You know, he's a pretty solid veteran, but, you know, guys like Jelani Tavai, who's just not athletic enough, can't cover backs, can't cover tight ends. They need athleticism, and, and they need speed at, at linebacker to help that defense out. So it's going to be tough to address all that with one pick in the first round. So they're, they're going to have a lot of a lot of work to do in this draft. Uh, I want to get into the offense and what they might do there and what they might even do with that seventh pick. Uh, but first, I just want to talk, just going back about acquiring Jared Goff. Uh, what what are their what is their belief level in him? And do they think that they can win with Jared Goff? Because I thought the day that the Rams signed Goff to the contract, they sealed the deal on them being done. Uh, as a as a contender, uh, that closed their window by signing that contract, but for some reason the Lions are willing to take it on. Yeah, and I think the reason they took it on, guys, is because they got those draft picks. You know, the Rams sent over the 2022-2023 first-round picks for them to take the contract on from Goss. Now they, the Lions did uh, restructure some of that contract, but after the after this season and 2002. If they're to part ways, the dead cap money is not not too big of a hit. I think it's around like ten million or so. So, so Jared Goff is the guy for at least the next two seasons. Will they take a quarterback at seven? I, I do think it's a possibility. I, I don't think it's likely. I think it's likely they're going to see how this first round falls, and I think either it'll be the best available player, or I think you know they'll trade out. I think it depends. You know, we know the Jaguars are going to take. Trevor Lawrence, right? We know the Jets are probably going to take Zach Wilson. 49ers are going to go QB. You don't move up to three unless you're taking a QB. And then what do the Falcons, Bengals, and the Dolphins do? So if a, if a stud tackle like uh, Benny Sewell, uh, Penny Sewell drops to the Lions, maybe they take him because the offensive line is one of the strengths of their team. So add strength to strength, complete that offensive line. Or you're going to have a quarterback star team like uh, Denver at nine. You know, if they're not sold on Drew Locke, they want to trade up. So maybe the Lions can trade out at seven. If not, I think you could see them go Sewell if he's there, or I think one of the Bama receivers. But those are the two that I think is likely, or I think they trade out and add more picks to continue this rebuild under you know Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell. I think that's the real question here as we talk to Michael Stetz from Detroit on our pass to the draft here on Cofield and Company is when you have a team that needs as much as what this team needs, it feels like you can't go wrong. Like we talk about, you know, so many teams when it comes to mock drafts and say, oh, well, they, you know, they really should be looking at the defense. No, they really should be looking at the offense. I mean, the Detroit Lions really can't go wrong in terms of making a pick, right? Like I feel like there's almost nothing they could do that I would look at and say, well, I don't understand that. Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. I think they are in a, a terrific spot. Like I said, depending on how the, those first picks play out, they could end up with a stud receiver. They could end up with a stud offensive tackle. They could end up, you know, they, if they want to go defense, I don't think they will there. I know there were some questions about Parsons, the linebacker. I don't know if you get him that high at seven. Certainly the, the edge brush talent is not deepened. So, like, guys like Greg Russo and, and Quiddy Pay and those guys will be further down in the first round. So I don't think defense will be there. And, and the top corners, I know they're, they're right around, you know, 10, 11 with uh, – Horn and uh, Farley, so I don't know if they'll go cornerback there again. Or you know, I think they're in the spot where they can get the best available player, or 
trade out, get themselves. You know, if someone's looking for a QB, if Fields or Lance are still there, they might end up with a with another couple first round picks to add on to this rebuild and, and really get ahead of it. Is it your sense that that's the hope for the Lions that one of the quarterbacks falls, not necessarily for them, but that they they could get somebody really really interested in that pick? Yeah, I do. I do think I think and I think they'll they'll be in a, a great position to really take somebody to the cleaners to move up. You know, if, if they want to, they play ball, the Lions are on the clock, and they're like, hey, what are you going to give us? You know, Brad Holmes would be in the driver's seat. And and the thing about Brad Holmes is that, you know, he was so good with the draft with the Rams, and they really found quality players late in the draft. So I think, you know, he'll end up getting some, some secondary help and linebackers later on. In, in those six, six rounds, that was really where GMs make their money, if we're being honest. I mean, you you and me can pick the top players in the first couple rounds, right? You know, yeah. that's where the GMs really make their money later in the in the draft. But I think they're in a great position to be in the driver's seat to do whatever they want with number seven. And it, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see exactly what happens come April 29th. Uh, I am not a Lions fan. Uh, I am from Detroit originally. So I've, I've followed this team from afar for a long time. And I've seen my uncles and my father just devastated every year that the Lions are no good. So when you said they'd like to be in a position to have a you know the quarterback there so they could take somebody to the cleaners, have they ever bettered anybody? Have they ever got the best of somebody in a trade? That's a great question. <laughs> I don't I, know. I don't even need a specific. I really don't know. There's none that, that strike me in recent memory or them really, you know, they've been plenty of trades, but none that where they really were like, wow, man, they really got over on that. Well, not even a specific answer. I, I just mean, like, do we have the faith that if if a quarterback does fall and they're in this great position to make a deal, that they're going to do the right thing and make some good deal? Like, I just don't have the faith that they do that. Well, I, I think I think Holmes is the real deal. I really do. And his, his you know, the way they that his analysis and what he's done, his track record is really good with, with what he's done with the Rams. I mean, they had Fuller, who's like a the sixth round safety who was a starter last season. So so he can identify talent, which was a huge is- issue under under Bob Quinn and, and Patricia the last few years. I mean they the, Quinn did hit it on, on some picks, but you know, his his best pick overall probably Quinn was probably Galladay, who's now with the Giants. But uh, but I think Holmes is he's he's a he's got a bright young cerebral mind in the front office and I do think him and Campbell are you know it's I, I do think Lions fans have something to be hopeful for and they've certainly gone through this so many times over the past few years I mean this is their their uh, second top uh, no excuse me their third top 10 pick in 2019 you know, 2019 they took Hawkinson eighth last year they had the third pick they took Akuda every year when you're in the top 10 pick it's not going too well is it <laughs> no and I mean Jeff Okuda got thrown to the Wolves last year. The lineup of receivers that he had to face throughout the early part of the season was like rookie hazing uh, times 10. So it was, it was rough for him. It was a rough year overall for the team, obviously. Michael Stetz from WJR Radio in Michigan. Thanks very much, man. Great spot, and hope to talk to you again soon. Hey, thanks, guys. Before I go, man, I was bummed Cofield's not on. He's ducking me. Well, make sure, you, make sure you give that old curmudgeon a hard time for me. No, no problem. I mean, the idea that Steve Cofield would work a Friday is just—I mean, come on, no way. <laughs> Un- unbelievable. I mean, Steve and I go wait. You know, we go back a few years. We were co-hosts together at SiriusXM. I learned a lot from him, working from him. He's a he's a great talent, great dude. But you know, of course, we got to break his chops a little bit. So well, make sure you give him my best and 
give them a hard time for me. Uh, no problem. Uh, whatever you learned, I hope you've unlearned it so you can keep moving up in this <laughs> <Yes>. business. <laughs> Uh, all the best, fellas. All right. Thanks, thanks man. We, thanks, man. We appreciate it. Michael Stetz from Michigan talking a little bit of Lions on the path to the draft. Uh, Mr. Sunshine, as we just mentioned, is not here. But you know what? I've got some good times for you. I've got some good times. And in order for you to have good times, I need you to do one thing. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. Cofield and Company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas. It's Good Times with Mr. Sunshine. Brought to you by Silver State Schools Credit Union. Prioritizing people over profits. You know, the real Mr. Sunshine, Steve Cofield, is not with us today. Uh, you got Adam Candy, Adam Hill, Ari back at the Finley Toyota Studios. The show down at the Golden Circle at the TI for a VGK watch party this evening. But I have a real good time. You know, I feel like Steve just kind of walks right by it sometimes. He doesn't try to be the actual Mr. Sunshine that we know he is. Um, but I've got some real good times, and it is from Jeopardy host an occasional Green Bay quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is out there right now, not only with pithy comments as the host of Jeopardy, but also he's donated a million dollars to fire relief for his home area in Northern California and apparently seems to be getting largely good reviews uh, as Jeopardy host. Have you checked it out much, Adam? Have you seen anything beyond the little uh, clips that have been making their way around social media? So I am usually, in most times, and I think the listeners know this, a daily viewer. Right. Uh, I've refused when he's on. I will catch up. Listen, I, I also have a lot, a lot going on right now, so I've been able to watch it. But I was like, I'm not going to watch. I've got them on my DVR. I've got them saved. Uh, but, yes, I'm mostly just seeing the clips. I just – there's something about them. It drives me nuts. I don't know. I, I – and I'm, I know this is supposed to be good times, and the reason it's never good times is because I never allow it to be good times. Um, but I, he drives me nuts. I would love to know if all this relief money he's raising, if he made a special request to whoever's organizing it to not help his parents. Uh, there is a little backstory here with his parents, uh, with the whole thing. But we, you know, this is good times, <laughs> so I will leave that for you for uh, for a Steve Cofield show where it can veer completely into. The bad territory. Um, I my break from my work during the lunch day is I will sit down at my table because you know basically my office right now as I move from my desk that you can see me at right now, Adam, uh, <laughs> roughly fifty feet to the dining room table, and then I bring over the iPad, I fire up Netflix, and I watch old episodes of Jeopardy with Alex Trebek. Sure, um, you know college tournament, tournament champions, right? Like it's it's comforting. There's just something there's something familiar and comforting about it. I'm I'm still a little bit unsure as to whether I can trust Aaron Rodgers to bring me that comfort because I watched Ken Jennings and it didn't work for me. It, it was just very didn't, awkward. Didn't work. It was yeah. yeah. It, it was just stunted. Um, and and I don't want him ruining the show. Like uh, some of you know that I was on Price is Right. I was on with Bob Barker. <laughs> And so when Drew Carey first got there, I was like, listen, man, you got, you got some shoes to fill. You got something to prove to me. 
I met the man. I met Bob. I had him jam his long microphone into my face. Like, I don't know who you are, Drew Carey, but you're not Bob Barker. And that's kind of how I feel about Aaron Rodgers. Like, you, sir, are not Alex Trebek. But, of course, um, it's going to be kind of difficult to get Alex Trebek. I feel Drew, first of all, I feel Drew Carey has done okay. I do feel like he's always rushed. Like, he's always like, all right, let's go to the next. Like, okay, settle down, Drew. Let it breathe like Bob used to. Like, that's my biggest mm-hmm. problem with him on, on Prices Right. Uh, but I feel like, again, I'm judging without having watched. Like, there was something charming about Alex Trebek's smarminess. About, like, his smugness of, of like, knowing the answer when you get it wrong. Or the question. Uh, when you get it wrong. Of, like, oh, no, no, no. Obviously, it's French Impressionism. <laughs> like, okay, jerk. <laughs> but there was something, like, calming and soothing about his smugness. Like, Aaron Rodgers just is smug. So I, I feel think like that's a big difference. Don't you feel like calming and smoothing smugness, or calming and soothing smugness is kind of your brand? Maybe. Yeah, I, I, feel, I feel like that's a little. Upon me. Yeah, I feel like maybe it's, he's hitting just a little bit too close to home here. I don't think there's any calming. There's nothing calming about my smugness. It's just in your <laughs> like, face. I don't. Well, it's it's calming to me when I listen to you and Cofield, though, because. You know, I, I never feel like you're going to stroke out the way I do feel like Cofield is. <laughs> That's true. Right? Well, so I do that to him, I feel like. Yeah. Just, well, just like I ruin good times every day. I don't know. I know. It's, sir, it is not It is not ruined for me. But, I no, it get, is. Hold on. Hold on. Wait, here, you're going to ruin it? Yes, I am. Only because, look at this. It's good times. Mm. You said I'm not going to be able to ruin good times. You just talked about a stroke. Like, I always will get us there somehow. To a stroke or something awful when we're trying to do good times. I don't know, though. Steve Cofield can make stroking out his own brand True. without ever having to worry about anybody else getting him there. Well, such as it is, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, thank you for donating, donating a million dollars to Fire Relief. Adam is not ready to welcome you as the host of Jeopardy. And you know what? Come to think of it, either not my host. Not keep my working. Host. No, not my president. Not the president of my Jeopardy. Uh, yep, Aaron Rodgers, you got something to prove to us. Let's see if you can uh, see if you can pull it off, sir. Although I don't know if he's going to last long enough for us to can, have can to worry we, about. Can that. we make Ken Jennings the quarterback of the Packers? Whoa! Now, see, that's thinking outside the box. Uh, I like it. I like it. Well, we do have some actual good news coming out of the local sports scene. If you're looking to go take in a little baseball action. Tickets about to go on sale for the Aviators. More on that when we come back. This has been Good Times with Mr. Sunshine. Brought to you by Silver State Schools Credit Union. Become a member today at SilverStateCU.com.